0: Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad and Shabbat Shalom. What a blessing to be here on the Sabbath and that you're tuning in and joining us. I want to thank all of you that do support this ministry through the generous donations, the giving of your tithes and offerings. We are so blessed for the supporters out there. And so many of you lately have been writing me letters in the snail mail, in the post. And I can't tell you how encouraging it is for me to go to the P.O. box and pick up those letters and your visions, your dreams, and sometimes I'm even in your dreams. Are you sure they're not nightmares? But anyway, it's encouraging that the confirmation that many of you are getting in dreams and visions about the message that has been coming out of Torah to the tribes thank you it it gives me just a reassurance that uh, i'm not balmy that i'm not seeing just everything through my own eyes but this is something that yahweh is revealing to his saints in these these troublesome times to be quite honest so i want to thank you those of you that have written in over the past few months it really It really encourages me and um, means a tremendous, a tremendous amount. All of you in the chat, Shabbat Shalom, keep it kadosh. And remember, give us some thumbs up, thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. It really does make a difference. Hit that notification bell and you might get a ping in your pocket if something goes nuts during the middle of the week. And we kind of are living in those times aren't we? This is Revelation chapter 6 today. You may notice it's 6a, meaning it's really just a teaser today because next week we'll really get into the meat. But I wanted to do an introduction so I wouldn't go on and bang on too long. Now, the backdrop, I think, is very fitting, don't you? It's green because this, in Revelation chapter 6, of course, the horse that rides out is that pale, dappled, or in the Greek, chloros, meaning green from chlorophyll. So, of course, I picked this today because I thought, well, you know, kind of symbolic of where we're going to be going on this apocalyptic trail. So remember, Passover, April 2nd to April 5th here in Oregon. Really excited about hosting that this year. We're going to a brand new facility for us. It's right here in Salem, Oregon, beautiful location. Really nice, cute little A-frames in a very wooded, wooded area. We will be together. I pray that you can join us for this holy time. Passover, it's really time to exit the nations. Come together in prayer, supplication, foot washing, and of course, the master's meal. For this, for me, is a very, very preparing time. And the Passover is really of utmost importance, toratothetribes.com forward slash connect if you want to find out how to register for the Passover. So today I want to give you a little bit of an introduction um, to chapter six before I go into it fully next week. Why do I want to do that? Well, the reason is, I think sometimes you have to get the big picture, take a pause before you really, really understand the full impact of the revelation. It's too easy sometimes just to run right into something and then really miss that deep impact. So my hope today is that I'm able to kind of set us up to really take pause that this isn't just a Bible teaching. This should relate to our life. And during the week here, I challenge all of you out there in prayer and supplication to reflect and ask the question, where are we in the prophecies? Because I suggest to you that we are at the period where the invitation is going out. The invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You pray about it, and we will dive in to Revelation chapter 6. But before we do, think about what's going on in the world. Not to fear-monger you, because it's a responsibility to be able to communicate to you. And I take that very seriously. There's a balance that must be tempered between being in the world and looking at all the crazy events that are going on, but not of the world. We're of the people of Yahuwah, and we're to be balanced. But I think it's ignorance when you ignore what is staring in your face in the world and not communicate it because you're afraid of what people might say or fear-mongering. So I really am going to address a few things, of course, you can guess, the Wuhan plague and things like that before we get into Revelation, because specifically chapter 6 and the pale Chloros, green horse, speaks on these topics. So to ignore our present reality as we come into this future prophecy, I think would be foolish. So let's look at a little about what's going on in the world today and think about it as we dive into chapter six because, you know, there's this, um, many of these restaurants you'll go to and they'll, they'll have this little slogan, you know, it's farm to table, farm to table. Well, the Chinese, they don't believe that. They believe more about the fact that what you've got in China, the reality of it is, talking about this Wuhan plague. It's trash to to table. Trash to table. What do I mean? Well, it has been discovered, for those of you that have been looking into this, that the biological lab in the Wuhan province in China, what they were doing is they were messing around with this virus, using those gloves, of course, throwing out those gloves into the trash and then they were recycled or repurposed down at the local fish market, which is why we got that fake news that came out originally that the, it, it was discovered in the fish in, in the fish market, and it had something to do with all these exotic animals that the Chinese were eating, bat soup and whatnot. Well, the rea- reality of it is, is it, you can track it back to the discarding of these vinyl or gloves they were using in the biohazard labs. All that to say this, it is spreading a lot worse than what is being told to us through the news. How do we know this? Because there are various, various information sites now because of social media. Many of us have been able to talk with one another through those platforms and verify and validate this information. And it is very pressing. Try and buy an NY 100 mask, for instance. They're all sold out. Well, last time I looked, they were. Because people are starting to realize that there's a lot of disinformation going on out there. And Revelation chapter six speaks to us about what will be happening in the last days. So whether it's the manufactured plagues from the Wuhan province, these disposable gloves, you know, trash to table, ending up in the fish market. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Behold, a pale green or plagued horse, and his name that sat upon him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. Now many people whether it's been some of these um, professors at um, the universities, in the labs there the the, um, physicists I should say, have made huge predictions and projections on just how devastating this what was called the coronavirus, now they've renamed it, I, I forget what they call it this week but what was called the coronavirus, just how devastating it could be. We're told here that it's a fourth part of the earth. Does that, is that a part of what's going on today? It's certainly possible. We're in such early stages. But to be ignorant of this, I think, is our own downfall and our own folly. It goes on to say... And power was given unto them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, to kill with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. The question that I have is what happened to hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people in China that have disappeared over the last six weeks? just disappeared. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Are they going to be reintroduced later as the walking dead? I mean, I don't know. The Bible tells us that we're going to see a future 200 million man army. Is this some kind of zombie army, the walking dead? Because right now the biohazards and the kind of plague viruses that have come out of this Wuhan province in China, they should cause us great concern. And that's not fear-mongering, it's just reality. It's just reality. You see, the problem is many of us in the West have become complacent. I had a friend that just returned from Japan and he said, you know, everybody over there is walking around with face masks on. It's only the Westerners that are oblivious to it and that don't. And it's an everyday part of life. And this was in a ski resort in Japan. So I think sometimes we're so used to this safety net, of course, much of it is comes through the false media, that we don't really take seriously when we should these kind of circumstances. Look at Africa. You've seen it in the news in the past few weeks. I mean, locust swarms. This is of biblical proportions. And again, people can go, oh, you're fear-mongering, you're fear-mongering. But we're in Revelation chapter 6. This stuff is happening in our world and people in the Bible teaching community are either going way off cock that it's, you know, time to get raptured, or not talking about it at all. So I'm hoping to be more balanced, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna ignore it, because these things are happening. And yes, we're in the West, and we're nice and comfortable, but you go on safari in Africa right now, and you'll see whole fields, whole hectares and acres, devastated by these locust swarms, which are devastating the food supply. In these nations that are already wrecked nations, they're wrecked nations based upon years and years of civil war, and now you're starting to see in Kenya, in Tanzania, in Uganda, in Somalia, you're starting to see these locust swarms. And these, a single locust swarm, just one single locust swarm, contains a hundred and 50 million think about it 150 million locusts in just one single locust swarm and there are swarms upon swarms of locusts and this is devastating the food supply and bringing in famine in already backwards and debilitated nations that are just trying to come out of civil war. And where do these locust swarms come from? They blow in from the east. Of course, these are locust swarms that are originating in the Arabian Peninsula. And this is, I believe, first you see it in the natural, and then you'll see it in the supernatural. I believe that this is just the forerunner warning us of the future spiritual slave locust armies that are going to be manifest in these last days. What do I mean? The Bible tells us, just as with this locust swarm, that the devastation will start in the Arabian Peninsula in the east and it will blow westward. And this is the forerunner to the prophecies that are being unraveled here in Revelation chapter 6. Ezekiel, in the 17th chapter and the 10th verse, it is written, Yea, behold, being planted, shall it prosper? Shall it not utterly wither? When the east wind toucheth it, it shall wither in the furrows where it grow. Now, in Ezekiel 19, verse 12, it says, But she was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground, and the east wind dried up her fruit. Now, if you were living in one of those nations in Africa that I just mentioned, Tanzania, Kenya, Somalia, and you were a Bible believer, and there still are a few Bible believers in those nations that have survived the Mohammedan onslaught, then you would be paying very much attention to this, specifically as these locust swarms are blowing in from the east, blowing westward drying up her fruit. Her strong rods were broken and wither, and then the fire consumed them. And later on, like I said, I believe we're going to see slave locust armies, meaning hordes of the Islamicists or the Mohammedans, of course, pushing westward from an eastern origin Mecca Saudi Arabia or, again, this Arabian Peninsula. So first in the natural, you're seeing the locusts in Africa because it is a warning for what's going to come in the spiritual. And you have to understand that these Mohammedans are demonically inspired spiritually because they serve another king. And the king that they serve is called Abaddon the destroyer, which is the 99th name of Allah. So, this is preparation for the green chloros dappled horse, that green horse that we're going to be digging into more next week. Today is an invitation through the scriptures by the Holy Spirit, for us to come into the place of safety. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Ezekiel chapter 25 and the fourth verse, it is written, Behold, therefore, I will deliver thee to men of the east for a possession. And there is the spiritual, the demonic Slave, locust armies, the Mohammedans, eventually the hunters are going to go out into the nations and therefore those that did not listen to the gospel message, the fishermen, will be delivered over, of course, to the men of the east for an Islamic possession. Jeremiah in the 18th chapter and the 17th verse, it says, I will scatter them as with an east wind. Before the enemy, I will show them the back and not the face. That's a terrifying thing. And I see that more and more with the young people. That they have been shown the back of Yahuwah and not the face. They do not know him. They haven't been taught in multiple generations. We're seeing a whole generation of children now that have been raised up where not even their grandparents were taught about Yahuwah. It's a multi-generational spiritual poverty where they have seen the back of Yahuwah and not the face. It is, of course, affected by our government re-education camps. And it is a devastation to the young community in which I'm a part of each and every workday. So this is a time for soberness. It's a time of preparation. There's no better time to be in the book of Revelation. In Isaiah, in the 46th chapter and the 11th verse, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from the far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it and I will do it. You see, this locust invasion that we are seeing in the news from the east is a natural phenomena that is supposed to awaken us to the biblical prophecies that there is going to be a spiritual phenomena of judgment that the Bible prophecies tell us is coming from the East. It's going to be a slave, locust army, a Mohammedan push westward, and this virus, this plague coming out of Wuhan, China, is all part of this preparation for this last day's apocalypse. Isaiah... 46, verse 11, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass, I have purposed it, I will also do it. It's interesting, the Hebrew word for this bird that comes from the east is the Hebrew word ait. Ait. And its connotation takes us all the way back to Genesis 15. Remember the birds that devoured and descended upon the carcasses when Abram flayed open the pieces? Well, even the rabbis, and I'll only quote the rabbis when it suits me, Even the sages and the rabbis for thousands of years have seen the spiritual implication that those birds are really demonic hordes or the nations trying to usurp the promises of Abraham, trying to steal the promise of Abraham. Demonic hordes trying to come in, discourage and steal the promise of covenant that was given to Abraham. So this bird, Ait in the Hebrew, that comes from the east, that is a ravenous bird, is the same discouraging force that tried to come and steal the promise from Abraham. Why am I even going on about this in Revelation chapter 6? Because like I said, I have received so many letters lately, and it stirs my ruach. Touches my heart to see the stories of you out there. Many of you having visions and dreams about these very things. Many of you confirming the messages that have come out of Torah to the tribes. But also many of you that are being discouraged and having doubts and then hearing a message coming out from this ministry and then being encouraged that you're not alone thinking and understanding the Bible prophecies the way that I'm understanding, that you're understanding, that it's okay just because you're not going along with the status quo. It's okay for us to believe and to be firm and strong in our belief that we're in the world, but we're not of the world, but we must pay attention. But we're not to view things the way the worldly people do because they accept it all. They go along with whatever the news is saying. They go along with what their neighbor is saying. Oh, it's okay. But we shouldn't. We should be prepared because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Prepare and make way because the king of kings is restoring his people back to the covenant. As these birds try to descend upon Abraham, they're trying to descend upon you and discourage you from pursuing the Malkitzedic covenant message because this message connects in with the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's the invitation. The invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb is what the Malkitzedic King of Kings has sent out. We have apprehended it. And the ministry here is speaking that out so that you guys can apprehend it too because Yahuwah wants us to come into a place of safety because of the unveiling that is about to happen with the green Chloros horse as it rides out to the nations. That's the message and this is the preparation. Isaiah in the 27th chapter and the 8th verse. In measure... When it shooteth forth, thou wilt debate with it. He stayeth his rough wind in the day of the east wind. By this, therefore, shall the iniquity of Jacob be purged. Waking up to the east wind that is blowing westward wakes you up from your lukewarmness. It woke me up from my lukewarmness. I sat in Calvary Chapel Church 15 or 20 years ago when a Mohammedan who converted to Christianity came in and spoke to the whole church and he went through the New Testament and he was saying in the Arabic New Testament, wherever there is G-O-D, they have actually translated it as Allah. Allah. And he was telling us at Calvary Chapel that God of the New Testament and Allah were the same. And it troubled me in the spirit that I felt sick. And I didn't have the understanding then as I do now. But that is when I started to wake up to the east wind that is blowing westward into our congregations and that people think it's all the same. God is God. Well, God isn't God. Yahuwah is Yahuwah alone and he sits upon the throne. But there are many false Elohim that people are trying to put in his place. And Allah is a false Elohim. He is one of the daily deities that was taken out of the Kaaba and chosen by Muhammad in the 6th century to be the Elohim of his Quranic dream. One of the 365 daily deities. Daniel chapter 11, verse 44. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go forth with a great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. So as we move into Revelation 6 and we temper it and balance with the news and things that are going on in the world, We can't be ignorant of the days in which we live. Doug was just sharing before we went live and was talking about, what was it that you were talking about in the 50s? He was talking about in the 1950s here in America how the government would just go around spraying DDT on the trees as children were playing. And many of these children ended up with devastating cancers. And... You know, that was happening in this country in the 50s with DDT. Today, have you seen the spraying that's been going on all over the world? All over the world because of the Wuhan virus. And the, this is, this is weapons-grade aerial spraying that the Chaicoms are doing. And people just seem to think that, oh, it's okay but these are things that do trouble me and they should trouble you. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm going to be definitely opting out. And people need to stand up for our rights and our protections because these are all methods that are being employed in these last days because this is the time, Revelation chapter 6, of the apocalyptic equestrians. Are they riding now? Are they riding now? Ask the question. Ask the question. Diseases like this virus, I believe are about to get a lot worse. A lot worse, spreading like medieval pandemics and killing possibly millions and millions of people. Whether or not it's this specific outbreak from the Wuhan province in China, we don't know. But the prophecy is sure that it will happen. So this is our opportunity to prepare, regardless of the time, because Yahweh is outside of time. It's about preparing spiritually and physically, emotionally, in this day and age. Last week I spoke about FEMA camps and specific FEMA regions 9 and 10. FEMA region 9 is the California area and FEMA region 10 is our region here in Oregon and I believe Washington and parts of Idaho. I spoke about FEMA regions last week 9 and 10 Um, We now have confirmed, just since last week, we now have confirmed quarantine camps in both of those regions. Confirmed. Last week I spoke about it. A bunch of people trolling online. Oh, Torah to the tribe's all about fear. And now, a week later, confirmed there are FEMA quarantine camps Um, excuse me, quarantine camps in FEMA Region 9 and 10 and in nine other regions across the nations. That's for sure. That's not propaganda. That's for sure. These are now in the United States, in the FEMA regions, and this is something that I think that you need to be very, very aware of when you're traveling by air, train or ship. Pause. I think if you're coming and you're flying internally within the United States, you'll be fine. But as far as going outside, I would be very cautious, specifically if you're going over to Australia, Japan, Southeast Asia those times of origins I'd even question Hawaii at this point and I'd be very concerned if you're in um, north of the border Vancouver Canada because of course there's a huge huge influx of Chinese coming there but you know don't worry we've got it all under control we're only we can handle the near three million Chinese tourists that are going to be descending upon America in the next several months. Yeah, that's the projection. Three million Chinese tourists are going to be descending upon these United States within the next several months. In London, within the next two months, they're expecting 150,000 just in the city of London, within the next two months, 150,000 Chinese tourists. So how they're going to contain this, you know, I have no idea. I don't think they can. I really don't. But anyway, these are things that we should pay attention to. I'm walking to work five days a week, and I'm stepping over needles human feces, and homelessness in Salem, Oregon. This is FEMA Region 10 that we're broadcasting to. And the city councils in FEMA Regions 9 and 10 have actually been in discussions with FEMA, and I, I spoke about this just recently, on how to proceed after their sweeping failures on the homeless crisis on the West Coast in FEMA Regions 9 and 10. Because the homeless crisis is growing in these two FEMA regions, and the whole area, downtown Salem, it is awash with drugs, human feces, and criminal mischief. It's very dangerous. Walking to and fro, especially in the dark hours of the early morning, when I often go back into the alleys and deal with the trash and clean up of my business, and at late at night, and I, I'm, I'm not one to be fearful, but I would be if you know I couldn't defend myself, and some people can't. You know, it's a very, very troubling thing, and I've been in this town for many, many years. My wife grew up here. It's it's changed. The landscape has changed dramatically. So at this point, I think in Revelation chapter 6, it's all about progressive revelation because Yahuwah doesn't want us to be afraid. That's not the purpose of me giving this introduction, but also he wants us to be prepared because it is the spirit and mind of Yahuwah that has been offered to man in various times and various ages. But today is the day where Yahuwah truly is offering that to us. If we have an ear to hear, he is offering that to us. In Hebrews chapter 1, I love this, and verse 1, it says this, Yahuwah, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. But he has in these last days. Are we living in the last days? Even back at the writing of the book of Hebrews, they believed they were living in the last days. Why? Because the great prophecy of the Messiah and the ratification of the new covenant had taken place It was the consummation of history when it comes to salvation and redemption. So everything from that point forward really is the last days, if you will. They said, has in these last days not been spoken to them back there yonder, but been spoken to unto us. How much more now, 2,000 years later, that Yahweh is revealing his spirit and his mind to his people in these last days, which is what I have been shown through the letters that many of you have written me, which is so encouraging, so encouraging. He has spoken in these last days unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he has made the world's. So we've got the hills and the valleys, the hills and the valleys of life. And right now, you can look out there in the world and you can go, it's a valley. It's a valley. It seems so disheartening, so discouraging. But I tell you what, if you're in the Zedek priesthood and you understand where we're at today in the salvific period that Yahushua has us in, we're not in a valley. We're actually on the peak that we're to be encouraged. And I know I started off with this heavy, heavy, oh, woe is the world. But there is an encouragement coming to you today before we jump into Revelation chapter six. Because I believe the, pe- the peaks, the hills of the mind and spirit of Yahuwah are actually being offered to us today. Because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moshe, they were peaks, weren't they? They were peaks in times of valleys. But the utmost peak was the book of the covenant. That was the real peak. They were in the valley of slavery for 210 years. And they came out of that valley of slavery and they were given a peak. They were in a valley of slavery when there were locust swarms. There were plagues. There were judgments. The whole world, Egypt, was being judged. And right in the midst of what seemed so devastating, so depressing, Israel was put on a peak. And they were given the Book of the Covenant. The 70 elders went up there and received the blessings. I really, really was going to do this teaching in one week. But I thought, no, I need to address the negativity in the world but also let people know that we are going to be taken from this negativity, from this terrible world, and immediately put on a peak, even in the midst of this despondency. It's going to get worse out there. Politically, people are going to get more and more aggravated with one another. The rhetoric is getting worse and worse. Economically, health-wise with these plagues. And just when it seems so dark and so despondent, and there's diseases, 10 plagues, if you will, from if you're Israel, at that moment, Yahweh removes his people, not through a rapture, but he removes them to a book of the covenant reality of a hill, of a peak from the valley of hope and glory and prosperity and blessing. That's what Revelation 6 is. It is a removal from despondency into a peak. Right now, I'm showing you the despondency because it's coming. But don't be discouraged. We're not going to be staying there. The marriage supper of the Lamb is what takes us out to the peak right in the midst of the darkest, darkest, darkest times. Right in the midst of the darkest, darkest, darkest times. The valleys, of course, in the Bible, were those desperate times, just like when Abraham saw the birds descending, the locusts, if you will, the nations, the demonic hordes descending. That was a valley. But then the peak of the blessing was that Yahuwah showed up as a burning torch and a flaming oven, smoking oven between the pieces. There was the peak in the midst of the valley. At the peak, the Book of the Covenant. But within 30 days, boom, there was a valley. The golden calf breach. The time of the judges was a valley, a desperate valley. And then Yael showed up. And she put a stake right through his head, which is why I name my daughter Yael. Because as she grows older and she's at the feasts and festivals, any man who tries to enter her tent be warned. You see, that's deliberate. I'm now embarrassing my young daughter. but you see, I'm thinking of the future here, being protective as a father would, his beloved daughter. As I was saying though, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, the climatic fulfillment, the very pinnacle of the spirit and mind of Yahuwah, I believe, was being offered not only to those who were hearing Hebrews chapter one, 2,000 years ago, but the very climatic pinnacle is being offered to us today as we're about to enter into a dark period of human history. And I know I'm gonna get the naysayers, oh, it's so depressing. But really, if you've got ears to hear, it's not if you come out of her, my people. It's really not. It's really not at all. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 11, the land, whether ye go to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. So the question is, will you apprehend, will you possess what's being offered? Here in 2020, I believe the invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb is being offered to our generation in the midst of a very dark and depressing and decaying world. We have to possess the pinnacle. In fact, if I was going to title this message today, I would call it Possessing the Pinnacle and Vacating the Valleys. So that really encapsulates what I want to speak about today. Possessing the pinnacle and vacating the valleys. And when I've been reading your letters, that's what's ministered to me is you may have been stuck in valleys for years and through the message that has been coming out of this ministry, you're possessing the pinnacle. And I know I'm doing the same. And Yahweh is doing a work in all of us and it's a single work. And that is what encourages me because I feel like I'm in a valley when I go out into the secular world. But I have a hope Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, of possessing the pinnacle. And you guys do too. And we are together in this Melchizedek priesthood and we are being called out of the nations. These are worrying times for sure and for certain. There's a lot of angst out there. But what if I told you that there is no need for apocalyptic anxiety? You don't need to have it all figured out in your mind. I used to think that I had to have it all figured out, but I don't need to have it all figured out in my mind. I don't need to have it all figured out in my spirit. Yahweh will give his gift of his grace that will be loosed with the first seal of Revelation chapter 6. Yahweh is going to give his gift of his spirit, which will be loosed with the first seal of Revelation chapter 6. His mind and his spirit is given only to those who are willing to accept the gift that is about to be unsealed. We have a history of rejecting that gift. In Ezekiel chapter chapter eleven verse twenty three, it says, "And the kavod, the glory of Yahweh, went up from the midst of the city, and it stood upon the mountain, which is on the east side of the city, because in Ezekiel's time they rejected the gift. In our time, will we reject the gift that is about to be offered to us? It's an invitation." to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yahushua makes the offer to the spirit and mind of Yahuwah first in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Let's look at this text because today is a time for us to prepare for Revelation chapter 6 because a gift is about to be offered. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it is written, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, it says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Parallel texts. Now, here's the key to the seals. Here's the key to the seals. Now, I I mean it literally. I mean, we just read it. The keys loose... Or bind the seven seals. The keys loose or bind the seven seals. It's about being able to lock or unlock the seven seals. But this offer. Now, those of you that are switched off are going to miss this. I pray you're not. This offer was given. The sun was rejected. When the sun was rejected, the seals were locked. When the sun was rejected, the seals were locked. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. They were bound. They were sealed. They were locked. Yahushua made an offer. His offer was rejected. The seals were locked. Luke 23, verse 34. Then said Yahushua, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment, and they cast lots. Now, Daniel the prophet, he foreknew this prophetic outcome. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, and chapter 12, verse 4, it says, Seal up the vision. Seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Chapter 12, verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the scroll. Seal the book even to the end of the time. So Daniel knew that they would reject the sun, which would then entail the sun locking up the seals. The seals are locked up Until the time of the end when a particular people who apprehend, they come out of the valleys, they come to the pinnacle in a time of locust invasions, in a time of plagues, just like it was in Egypt. It seems so dark. It seems so depressing. Just as those ten plagues were coming on Egypt of locust plagues, Disease and pestilence. When everything seems as dark and depressing and morbid as possible, the world seems to be going to hell in a handbasket and everyone's depressed. And this is a depressing message. Just right then, Yahweh will, through his outstretched arm at the Passover, deliver his people out of the world, take them from the valley of despondency to a pinnacle through the Malchizedek revelation. And they then at that marriage supper, remember the 70 elders went up the mountain and they broke bread. They feasted with Yahuwah and they had that supper. There will be another supper and the keys to the seals will unleash The vision of the last days. We are at that time of coming out of Egypt. The water's parting. And we're about to apprehend the seal. Because it's about to be unlocked. That's what Revelation chapter 6 is all about. Look what happens next in the prophecies of this loosing and binding of the Revelation. Luke chapter 23 verse 34. And when Yahushua had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into, listen, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the spirit. Did you catch the connection? between Luke chapter 23, verse 34, where Yahushua offers it, then in Daniel 9, 24 and Daniel 12, verse 4, he prophesied it, and here we see that Yahushua puts it in his father's hands, meaning the spirit which Yahushua offered was rejected the spirit that yahushua offered was commended into the hands of the father which leads us to first peter chapter 1 verse 5 it says thus who are kept by the power of yahuwah through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Something that the son offered that was rejected, that was prophesied by Daniel, has actually been commended into the hands of the father, and the father is keeping it, until when it's going to be offered in the last days and revealed to a special set of saints. It is salvation from eternal destruction, we know, comes by the Lamb. But, you always have to watch out for the big buts. Salvation from the destruction to come upon this world, these diseases these plagues, these viruses is to be revealed in the last time through the unsealing of the scroll in Revelation chapter 6. That's why Revelation chapter 6 is so important. We're being kept by the Lamb, I believe, right now. We are being kept by the Lamb unto the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. The question is, do you want it desperately enough? Do you want it desperately enough? Because the spirit and mind of Yahweh was rejected again by man so Yahushua commended it into the hands of the Father. The question is, what is the it? What is in the hands of the Father that he put in the hands of the Father? Revelation chapter 5 verse 1, last week's teaching, tells us what was placed in the hands of the Father. Revelation 5 1, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book, a scroll, if you will, written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. That was rejected. It was ratified and sealed by the blood of Yahushua, the new covenant. It was rejected. Yahushua placed it into the hands of the Father And he is the only one that can take it out of the hands of the Father and unseal it and reveal it to those that have been chosen in the day of the end. And that revelation will take them out of the valleys and place them on the pinnacles. That is where I believe that we are in prophecy The seven-sealed book is the mind and spirit of Yahuwah that is actually in his hand. It's his salvific plan to aid you and me, the saints, through the tribulation because I believe that Yahuwah is going to bring his mind and his spirit upon the people. And the letters that I have received from some people, and it's usually just amazing, that the visions and dreams that people are having, that is the spirit and the mind of Yahuwah that is confirming the message that is being spoken. It's really decision time. The father has the book in his right hand to hand it to his son who sits on the right hand. Hebrews chapter 8 and 9, it is the mediation of the new covenant, which is hugely significant For our comprehension before we delve into Revelation chapter 6. Because the new covenant is being fully revealed through the Melchizedek priesthood in these troublesome and trying times today. It's the salvific plan within it that will be revealed fully to the Melchizedek priesthood today. It's the marriage to Israel that was proposed, accepted, blood ratified and confirmed with that covenant confirming meal. And it consisted, of course, of the book of the covenant, Exodus 19:4 through 24, 11. It was rejected in a valley, Exodus chapter 32. And of course, then judgment ensued. But the new covenant is the newly revealed final salvific plan the mind and spirit of Yahuwah which I believe is going to be revealed within the first seal of Revelation chapter 6 because the book of the covenant was mediated by Yahusha, the Kohen HaGadol the high priest after the order of Malkit to guide his priesthood through very troublesome and trying times and I know that I need to be guided through these times, as you do, and as your letters have confirmed to me, this is the time of where we are at. It's time to decide whether we're gonna heed the call and come out of these desperate times, these valleys, and ascend to the pinnacle of our faith and be that hope, that light, that shining encouragement to a dark and despondent community out there. It is time to shine. It's time to respond. Are we in or are we out? Are we going to be lukewarm? Are we going to be on fire? Because now is the time to share our faith to a dying and decaying world. This is the time of the revelation of chapter 6. And I believe Matthew chapter 22 and verse 1 would be a fitting place for us to stop this week and take some questions so I can make it a little shorter this week and delve in right into the power of the unleashing of the seals next week. Matthew chapter 22 verse 1. This is where I believe personally we are at prophetically. And Yahushua answered and spoke to them again by parables. Of course, the question that I ask, are the apocalyptic equestrians, did they get out the gate early? Are they riding now? These are questions that I'm asking. I know where I want to be in all of this. I want to be in the company of the saints. I believe prophetically that we are at, Matthew 22, verse 1. I believe Revelation chapter 5, that we discussed last week, is the call to you who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But so many people are too busy to respond. They're too caught up in the world. They're too caught up in religion. They will receive the judgment of Revelation chapter 6, and they'll miss the blessing. Of Revelation chapter 6 because Revelation chapter 6 has a blessing but it also has a judgment to those that are in the valleys all they'll see is judgment but to those that come out of the valleys and ascend the pinnacle you will see the blessing this week is a time for you and me to do a deep soul searching with Yahuwah and get out of the valley and ascend the pinnacle so that when the unsealing of Revelation 6 happens, we can apprehend its blessing. Because if we don't, there's a whole bunch of apocalyptic equestrians that will bring judgment on those that don't come into the place of safety. Here's the place of safety, Matthew 22, verse 1. It's being offered today. And Yehusha answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, "The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who made a marriage for his son. And he went out and he sent out, excuse me, verse three, he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they would not come again. He sent out other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, behold." I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatlings, they have been slain. And all things are ready. I think all things are ready today. I think the message has gone out. I think many people have rejected it. But I think a few hear it. Come. Come to the marriage. But not caring, they went their ways. One to his field, another to his trading. And the rest took his servants and treated them spitefully and killed them. And when the king heard, he was angry. And he sent out his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then he said to the servants, The wedding is ready. But they who were invited, they were found not worthy. Therefore, go into the exits of the highways, and as many as you shall find, invite them to the marriage. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many as they could find, both bad and good. And the wedding was filled with reclining guests, verse 11. And the king coming in to look over the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on the wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness for there shall be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth for many are called and few are chosen. This is the time of the invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb where many have been called but few respond Few are chosen because the cares of the world. It seems so dark, it seems so despondent that you get stuck in the valley. Too, Too busy about trading, too thinking about business, too busy thinking about slaughtering your brother with murderous and slanderous words, arguments. Where do they come from? They come from the wars within yourself. Too many people destroying each other's character on social media. Too many people focusing on the dark things of the human character rather than focusing on the inspiration that comes through the word. This is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Next week in Revelation chapter 6, there's going to be one blessing and a whole bunch of cursing. What will we apprehend? That's the question. Today was a little different than normal because I wanted to prepare and set us up and take pause before we delve into something that I believe is of utmost importance. And I believe it actually does parallel the very days in which we live. What do you think? Do you think the days in which we live parallel the prophecies? Or are you so caught up in the world that you can't apprehend the prophecies of the Bible? I believe that we're in tandem with the spirit of Yahweh, and that his word is alive and it is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Let's see what kind of comments we got today. And remember, give us some thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification button. All right, let's see here. Okay, I have a little pause before we delve into the questions here, keep the chat going. All right, I'm not sure if I'm going to understand every question. If I don't understand the question, I'll have to skip to the next one. I don't understand the first question. Striking out here. I don't understand the second question. Ah, here's a good question. This question comes from Brian Price Shabbat Shalom. Brian, has Yahusha the Anointed completed his priestly duties in heaven yet? Yes, Brian, I do believe that he has completed those duties. In fact, I believe that those duties have, were completed thousands of years ago, that he has been patiently waiting, because we know that our Father in heaven is long-suffering, and he is merciful. You see, when Yahushua was appeared to Miriam, and she thought he was the gardener at that point... Do not touch me. And he later then ascended into the heavens, placed his blood upon the altar in the heavenly temple. And at that moment, his blood atoned for the sins of mankind. And he then descended. That was the completion of his heavenly service. He descended. And then, of course, he said to Thomas, who doubted, Now you can place your finger in my side. And then so many days later, he ascended into the heavens where he sits and has been for the past 2,000 years interceding on you and mine's behalf. So yes, I believe that his work is completed and that he is now there for you and I to petition him interceding in these days, in these ages. From Hebrews chapter one, verse one, all the way through our time today, it's encouraging. It really, really is. Let's see here. This well, this isn't really a question. This is more of a statement, and it's I like this kind of statement. This statement comes from Donna Ruggiero. This is her statement. Woohoo! That's it. That's all we got from Donna, and I like that. That's great. Good on you, Donna. Shabbat shalom to you. All right, this question. I don't understand right now. Ah, oh, here's another question from Brian Price. Question. What is Yahusha doing right now? As the groom, is he tarrying, waiting like the parable says? If so, why? Excellent question. I think I've answered that in part. Yes, he is waiting. He's waiting because we are supposed to be petitioning him. He's supposed to be interceding, mediating for us on our behalf. Because he is at this time now, through the Holy Spirit, sending out that invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb, seeking all of those in the hedgerows, those that have been rejected by society but have apprehended him, he is now inviting in to that marriage supper of the Lamb because that is the place of safety for those that are going to go through the tribulation. That's the blessing, but there's a whole bunch of trouble from these apocalyptic equestrians that I believe are riding. This one is from the Sultan. The Sultan. Shabbat Shalom. The Sultan. Sounds like preparation for the rough side of the mountain. I think that's more of a statement and I agree with the sultan. Nice to have a sultan on board. I wonder if that's an ex-Muhammadian sultan or if this is another kind of sultan. But anyway, good to have the sultan on board this Sabbath and a great question. This one is from Thomas Hughes. Shabbat Shalom Thomas. Question for Matthew, Exodus chapter 32 And the 20th verse. The calf was burned and crushed into powder, and the Israelites were made to drink it. What do you think, no, what do you make of this? Thanks for your honest, spirit-filled teachings. I like how he he structured that last sentence. He he typed out, what do you, as in like in one word, what do you make of this? Thanks for your, like he was a pirate, honest, spirit-filled teaching. Thomas Hughes, the pirate. I think what that is all about, oh, now they're coming in fast and furious. I think um, that's kind of like the judgment that you're going to see in the apocalypse, isn't it? How there's going to be this, this bitter waters again, this bitterness, and of course that represents the bitter fury of Yahuwah's judgment upon a people that just won't come out of mystery Babylon. They just won't come out. They won't heed the message of the Melchizedek high priest, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, the lamb that is, unworth- that is worthy that is worthy to unleash the scrolls, unseal the scrolls. So that's a, that's a good one here. Let's have a see. This is from Yah Yisrael. So Shabbat Shalom, Yah Yisrael. What is the valley? Well, the valley is just those desperate times, those times of trying and tribulation. And the trouble is many people can get socked into the valley and never ascend out of the valley because they become too despondent by the world and all of the things in the world. It's like the parable of the wheat and the tares or the parable of the thorns that choke out the faith. And that's the valleys. And oftentimes the world is just one big valley And you can get caught up in worldliness and the despondency and the hopelessness of the world. That wasn't the purpose of today's message. The purpose of today's message was to address the valley but prepare us to ascend to the peak. And I pray that next week that we can apprehend that peak. But I wanted to also address the reality of the valley because I think that that has been neglected because of this pre-tribulation doctrine or this Zionist idea of Israel doctrine, that people are too far off on either side, that there needed to be more balance with the approach to the plagues, the locusts, this Wuhan virus, and then prepare us for where we're at in the days that I believe we are. And let's see what we've got here. This one. Allison Taylor, Shabbat Shalom, Allison. This is a good question. Is it possible that those in the church who believe in the rapture will miss the signs as they believe the church will be gone before the tribulation? Well, definitely. They not only miss the signs, but they'll miss the place of safety, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Because once you come into the marriage supper of the Lamb, because you have received the invitation by the Zedek high priest, then you're in a place of safety. But if you're caught up in bickerings and fightings and doctrinal disputes, you're caught up in rapture doctrine, then you won't see the signs, you won't see those things that are right fast approaching. And that's, I believe that we're in that time. I believe that these are warnings to us to take pause to apprehend the spiritual reality of the promises that are being offered today. This isn't a Bible study. This is a reality check. And the signs are all around us. I hope that we really take pause and realize that. And we can apprehend the blessings. So I think that many people will miss the blessings because they're looking for a false hope or they're just caught up in a valley of despondency. Let's have a look and see what else we've got here. Mike C., this question from Mike C., Shabbat Shalom Mike. Does the marriage feast include the ravenous birds? (laughs) Nice. Does the marriage feast include the ravenous birds eating the corpses of the enemies, the losers of Armageddon? So, Mike, yes, the marriage supper of the Lamb is a twofold prophecy. It's being offered. It will be accepted by those who have the testimony of Yahushua and keep his commandments. It will be rejected or even like the last question that was posed, many will even miss the invitation in the mail because they're checked out into all church kind of doctrine. They're not even aware of the signs. So it's twofold. There is the invitation and then there is the consummation, which does include the spiritual and it's a metaphor but it could also be literal. Feasting on the enemies or the devouring. You see, just as with Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, there was what? A valley and a peak, birds of the air descending upon the carcasses. That was a supper. That was a covenant-confirming meal if you would because after that there was of course the proposal the acceptance the blood ratification and then later the covenant confirming meal of of course these book of the covenant promises that go through the prophecies well the marriage supper of the lamb is the last fulfillment to those in the last days there is a proposal which is what i propose he's proposing the invitation then will we accept it then will we come in partake of that meal and when we come in to that marriage supper we're in the blessing but those outside that rejected it they get the wrath and are exposed to all of the destruction and mayhem It is a place of safety prepared for those, Revelation 12, in the last days. It all connects and ties in together. Take a few more questions here. They are really coming in fast and furious. I must have triggered a few people today. This um, user, his username... I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, right? Dull Gret Malkid Zedek. I wonder what that means. What does that mean? What does that mean, Dull Gret? D-U-L-L-E slash Gret, G-R-E-T. Maybe it's foreign. Dull Gret Malkid Zedek. Will there be online communication on Passover for those who cannot afford to fly? Shalom. Will there? Depends how strong the Wi-Fi signal is. If we have a good internet connection, we will broadcast live on the Passover, yes. But if not, we'll have to upload later. So it remains to be seen. But we will definitely try. I do believe, though, if you check, toratothetribes.com forward slash connect on Passover that we will have a hosted Zoom platform for those of you that can't make it dispersed in the nation so you can come together, have fellowship, and have your Passover together online in community. So if it's not actually live teaching with me, you'll be able to go on a live Zoom platform on our Torah to the Tribes Connect community. So that's good, isn't it? Okay. This question is from Much More Truth. Matthew, does the book of Revelation go in order thinking about how Ezekiel's book was out of order. And I think I touched on that um, when, I, when I started the book of Revelation. I believe it's as if um, Yahuwah was taking John, using this analogy or metaphor, as if he was taking John into the orchestra pit. And through the Ruach, through the Spirit, was taking him over to the percussion section, And showing him all of the instruments in the percussion section. Then taking him over into the key section. And showing him all the pianos and all the wonderful key section. Then he was taking him over into the wind section. Into the wind section and he was showing him this. Then he was taking him up into the horn section and he was showing him this. And then John sits back. And then the whole orchestra starts to play. That's the book of Revelation. The whole orchestra is playing. But just because he showed him the percussion section first, then the wind section, then the key section, doesn't mean it's going to play in that order. It's an orchestra. It's a vision. It's for us to discern with the days and times in which we live, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, to come to the understanding and to have the ears to hear, to see this is the orchestra of Yahweh that's playing in our time. It's not to get bogged down with, oh, well, well, he showed me the percussion first, and then it was the key. you, you, You miss the beauty of the whole orchestra. It's an apocalyptic vision. It's a vision, and it's for us to apprehend and comprehend it, but we'll never comprehend it through that Greek linear mindset. It is cyclical or revelatory, and that is the beauty of it. You have to be comfortable to go into the obscure. Of course, I went very obscure today. But you have to be comfortable to do that because it is a vision. It is a vision. And I appreciate those obscure letters that you've written to me. I really do. Let's see. I've got a couple more here. A popular question is... The, a popular question is... So this is coming from Tamara Salerno. Shabbat shalom, Mario, Joshua, and Tamara. We love you guys, and our prayers are with you all, especially Mario, who has been working so hard and is just a champion for Yahushua in these last days. A popular question is the marriage supper before, after, or during the tribulation. Before. We'll get into that next week. Chapter 6. And... Oh, okay, I just got another text, a side note text. That was not appropriate for, for us right now. So, without further ado, blessings and honor, glory and power unto Yahuwah Most High, Yahushua, our Malchizedek High Priest. Thank you all for tuning in. Shabbat Shalom. Remember, give us some thumbs up on the video Subscribe to the channel. All of you guys in the chat, hit the subscription right now if you're not. It really does make a difference. Keep the letters coming. The snail mail really encourages me. And let's prepare for next week, Revelation chapter 6. Pray for the message. Pray for one another. And remember, TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. Register for the Passover, April 2nd through April 5th. We hope to see you then. Shabbat Shalom.